Everybody, Rob here, getting you ready for this latest edition of Talking with T-Bird, talking with two-time survivor Kathy Vavrick O'Brien. But first, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Those are our friends over at Bet Online. There's no shortage of action going on with our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back with UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. BetOnline has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming games and matches. And be sure to stay tuned at the end of the podcast as sports analyst and host of Good Sports, Dave Damashek discusses the welcome return of sports with Bet Online's Dave Mason. Yet baseball is back this weekend as well. If you need more, Bet Online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every day live for you to check out. If you're looking for something else other than sports, Bet Online also has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner at Podcast One. BetOnline, take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure you use that promo code Podcast One for your sign-up bonus. Visit BetOnline.ag and don't forget that promo code Podcast One for your sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You stay here and listen. Your life will never be the same. Cause we're talking with T Bird now. And this T Bird you cannot change. Oh, this T Bird you cannot change. Yeah, that's right. We are back talking with T-Bird. I am Rob Sesternino, and here we are on the line with the great survivor bounty hunter who tracks everybody down. Here she is. It's T-Bird Cooper. Good afternoon, Rob. How in the world are you? Doing very good because you tracked down another good one. It's two-time survivor Kathy Vavrick O'Brien, aka KVO. Yes, and we've gotten a lot. I've gotten a lot of requests from her. She played way back, what, 18 or 19 years ago? And so many requests have come in for her since we started this last summer. So, yeah, I'm really, really excited to talk to her. She's so fascinating. She's really interesting. So, this is going to be fun. We're going to have fun with this today. Okay. All right. Well, very excited to uh, catch up with Kathy. It's been five years since her last podcast appearance. So excited to get into everything uh, with her. And T-Bird, I think a lot of people ask me, uh, oh, did you talk to this person? Did you talk to this person? Or did you just T-Bird have this person? That you are also uh, accepting submissions from the listeners as well on social media, right? Absolutely. And I'm yeah. actually getting them in every day. And I've got a little tally sheet, Rob. So I put little tallies by, you know, so I know how many people are requesting how many people and who our top requests are and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, absolutely take a request. Yeah. Okay. So if people have an idea for a good Talking with T-Bird guest, you can uh, shoot that to uh, T-Bird on social media. T-Bird, what have you been up to this week? 
Oh gosh. All right. I'm back to flying, which is wonderful. What? Uh, I got a ding on that. So I was in Buffalo. So hello to all, all our RHAP fans in Buffalo, New York. I was there yesterday and I got back this morning from New Orleans. So I'm back flying. It's, it's great to be back. I was off for about three months. So to be back doing a job I love is absolutely fantastic. And I studied, you know, I told you I was studying German for the last few months since I was off. I passed my German test with Delta. That gets yeah. two things, Rob. So that was a big thing for this week. So life is good. Now we just got to track down the next Talking with T-Bird and everything's falling right into place. Mm, okay. All right, T-Bird. Well, uh, happy to hear you're back flying. I saw that uh, the uh, Delta, was it the CEO today said, hey, if you don't have a mask, we don't want you. Oh my gosh, yes. So listen to this. Okay, so like I said, I've just gone back flying. So today, coming out of New Orleans, we had a passenger that came up came up to me and said, aren't we all supposed to wear, be wearing our mask? Which, of course, he knew we were, but that's kind of the way he presented it to me. I said, yes, yes, sir. Yes, we are. He said, well, the gentleman next to me is not wearing his mask. So you know mm-hmm. what that means? Here comes T-Bird marching down the aisle. I got a problem to solve. So anyway... This is kind of interesting. You have to be wearing a mask. And so I found, was trying to find out what protocol is if they don't put their mask on. So the way I think Delta's handling it, and I hope I get this right because this is really important. You've got a couple of times that you can ask them to put the mask on. I think it's maybe like five times. And after that, if they do not put their mask on, then they will not be able to fly Delta again in the future. They are all Whoa, they are all, you know how yes. Good. You know how you good. yes. So you know how we've got the do not call list from yeah. the talking with T Bird you've given me? Well, yeah, that's, do not fly. I do not fly list. So if they are asked the fifth time and they do not put their mask on, we tell the pilot, they radio ahead, and there's somewhere to get meets the flight that says, Guess what? You are now officially on Delta Airlines Do Not Fly list. And that's not a list you want to be on. <laughs> no, right? no. Oh, that, that, no. Uh, I didn't know that. That That's good. Yes. I mean, five times doing... is a lot. It should be, it should be three. Yeah. It's the, what, what happened to baseball? Three strikes, you're out. Well, you know what? It's funny because that's what I was saying to one of the other girls. I'm like, five times is kind of a lot. She said, yeah, five times is a lot. Three times sounds about right. But I guess because if they're not on the do not fly list, I, it's forever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, okay. that's a big deal. I mean, so, check I with mean, Cole Hamels. But I think at three strikes, you're out. That's right. That's right. We'll have, yeah. We will have to check with Cole about that. But we know all about the do not call list, which I still get <laughs> I still get messages from people. It's great. And they'll say, T-Bird, how about this person? Or or maybe they're on the do not call do, do not the, the do not call list. So I don't tell anybody who's on the list. I just say that's a great suggestion. I'll write mm-hmm. it down. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, T Bird, I'm very excited for uh, what we have going on here today. We're talking about how T Bird is helping save lives, but let's talk a little bit about how you could save money. Uh, and that's with the Honey browser extension, which you can get for free when you go to joinhoney.com slash 
R-H-A-P. Honey is great because it is going to save you money when you're shopping online. So many of us are doing uh, shopping online, especially uh, the first lady of podcasting. And they all ha- have that little promo code to, uh, that's like a tribal council. Like, hey, does anybody have an idol? Does anybody have a, have anything? Uh, you're so <laughs> tempted. Boy, I wish I knew what the password was to write in this box and get 15, 20, 25% off free shipping whatever. And that's what Honey does, T-Bird. It is going to crack the code right in front of you. And if there's a promo code out there, Honey is going to find it for you, T-Bird. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's a great It's idea. the free browser extension that finds promo codes for you and automatically applies them to your cart so you don't have to go looking for them. Uh, it's great. I've used it on a ton of different websites, uh, sending flowers or any of these sites where you are sending gift baskets. That those It works great there. Uh, when I'm registering website uh, domain names, that's another place where I've uh, used it well. Uh, so imagine you're shopping. When you go to checkout, the honey button pops up and it's like bing uh apply coupons within a second honey is gonna scan its database and try every single coupon before your eyes it's exciting uh it's like playing the slot machine uh because honey is going to be trying to find you the best code to save you the most amount of money uh honey has found it's over 17 million members over two billion dollars in savings and supports over 30,000 stores online. Forever 21, Walmart, DoorDash, Newegg, Lululemon even. If you don't already have honey, you could be straight up missing out on free money. It's literally free and installs in seconds. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid in supporting this podcast. So get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash RHAP. That's joinhoney.com slash RHAP. All right, we've got Kathy on the line. T-Bird, take it away. A fairly reliable indicator of a remarkable character is when they are still being remembered, talked about, and requested among the loyal, diehard Survivor fans some 18-plus years after first playing. Some things never change. Still a fan favorite as much now as in 2002, and at the top of my list for requested players on Talking with T-Bird. Described by one fan as the original queen mother and by one of her strongest allies in the game as unshakable and by another who said, I knew she'd be tough when I found out she lives in Vermont. We first saw her as a standout on season four, Marquesa, making it to day 38, where at 46 years old, she was holding her own in the challenges, but because she was perceived as highly likable and as the winner of Marquesa, Vesepia Towery told me, I knew taking Kathy to the finals would be a million dollar loss. This standout was all-star status before she was cast for season eight, Survivor All-Stars. She was the oldest female on that season, making it to day 28, where her only downfall would be following her heart and putting her trust in a kid named Mariano, referred to as, of course, Boston Rob, and convincing Lex to keep him, saying, Mariano will keep his word because he is like a son to me. If your friend's comments are any indication of your true character and your wealth, this woman is rich. I'm going to do my best to keep this to a chat 
and not turn it into a, quote, roast due to all the amazing comments I have received from those who have played with her and absolutely adore her. Her voice, her energy, and her infectious laugh will immediately pull you in. Buckle up, hold on tight, and get ready for a fun ride. I introduce to you a woman who is all that and basically needs no introduction, Kathy Zabrick O'Brien. <laughs> wow. Wow, That's Kathy. A, man, and I mean, man. Jesus, I should be running for Senate or something. God, that's amazing. Way to go. What a nice intro. What a nice intro. And T-Bird, did you see when Randy Bailey said that he wants to come on talking with T-Bird just to hear the intro and then he's going to hang up? Yes, he is such a hoot. I love that guy. He is a mess. Okay, but Kathy, Kathy. we're so happy that T-Bird was able to track you down. I know. I know, I know, I know. I think that happened too because... Uh, Mariano, you know, just being on the last show, and then uh, John Carroll just got us all together, and we did a nice Zoom meeting, so we're all kind of reconnected from yes. Survivor Mark. Ah, so it was really fun. Yeah, it was t- fun to see tell me about us. that. I, I haven't heard anything about this. The, there was a Survivor Marquesas reunion that happened. Yeah, we have a, we had a great Zoom meeting. In fact, you should shouldn't you be able to like kind of excavate that off of Zoom? I don't know, but um, <laughs> we had a great time. We had a super was it Zoom. public? I I don't know. It wasn't. It wasn't oh, public. Okay, but, well then, how can I see it? Well, no, what I think I you hacker, can. Kathy? I, I, I think somebody made it public. I'm not oh, okay. sure. Yeah. Anyway, it was really enjoyable and it was really fun. We hadn't seen each other in like 20 years, so. Uh, and, and we were giving each other, you know, the same amount of shit that we did back on the show. It was great. Nothing really changed. You know, Rob Mariano was kind of grumpy and funny and, uh, Mariano was, you know, giving everybody grief. It was fun. I had a ball in that zoom meeting. And I think that's kind of how you guys found me. Maybe it's John Carroll. He seems to be our conduit yes. to the rest survivors okay so we owe a big thanks to johnny pots and pans uh any highlights from yes. the marquesas zoom reunion um not really i think it was just catching up on who had babies <laughs> and uh no there wasn't um and, and actually some people went through some sicknesses and illnesses and recovered so no it, it was just a really good bonding moment i think all the seasons probably bonded but uh I, those early seasons we got really tight so when we got on the Zoom meeting, you know, we were chit-chatting about the same old stuff, talking about the show and being able to talk freely and openly. It was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Now, I am very jealous, Kathy, because I know you guys are a very close-knit cast. That I, I remember coming to the Survivor 10-year reunion, and it was 10 years ago. And you guys had all had dinner together and uh, looked like a, such a nice, happy family. It was still like the Road to Love Tribe. I know. It was. And I remember one of the producers called us, you know, the little tribe that could or something. So, I mean, you know, uh, Pascal and Leah and I, and, you know, there was just a real, even at the end, you know, when I had to vote or we drew rocks and Pascal left, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was guttural. So we just stayed tight. And I think it was that love tribe attitude. But remember those first shows, we were so naive. Mm-hmm. You know, T-Bird remembers it. And, you know, it was all about the people and we were, we were in shock of what we had to do out in that island. And, and so bonding, I think, was a big element of some of the first shows. And, and some of that happens now, but not as much as back then. Now it's, 
all gameplay and coming up with clever, devious ways to beat everybody. Kathy, you played, looking back at your Marquesas cast when I was researching everything, what a fascinating cast. And then, so all the people, and you know, I'm really good friends down here with Pascal and Nalia once it aired because Pascal lives literally right down the street from me. So mm-hmm. you and I, I don't, and I don't even know Kathy. You never told us that, met. T-Bird. Yeah, Pascal yeah, lives pa- right down the street. Next, yeah, next How's he doing? Up. Well, I hadn't talked to him in a while, but I think he's doing good. Kathy's probably talked. Kathy's talked to him since I have, haven't you, Kathy? On this meeting, Pascal's great. Malia's great. Uh, They're all doing really well. They're all doing, you know, something interesting with their jobs too. So every everybody's like really a okay. And Kathy, so you played like like I said, your Marquesas cast was fantastic, and and I've got some friends from there, and I don't think we've met, but anyway, the All Star cast. You got to play with my guys, my three guys, Lex, Ethan, and Big Tom. What about Oh, that? I thought you were going to say me, T-Bird. That's a Big Tom. Well, like, you are really, you're my guy now. You're my guy now, of course. But she got to play with, with those three. So I've got to ask because I was just thinking, you're stranded on a desert island. You can only pick one of these. Are you taking Big Tom, Ethan, or Lex? You're going to be out there for 30 days. Who are you taking? Oh, I'm taking Lex, man. Lex, Lex is the man. I mean, he and I, he's just a really interesting soul. And man, that guy, he didn't show his humor. The guy's hysterical. He could do stand-up comedy. And I think you know that from meeting him. And then, uh, but when he got down right into the game, man, he, he was just, he got his nose right in there and was, I loved playing with him. And, and he was an interesting dad. You know, he played in a band, but we had really long talks on the island about life. And uh, I just really enjoyed Lex. He and I got really close. I mean, we made that big blunder, you know, bringing Amber along, but we totally did it, you know, for Rob because they were falling in love. And and all of us, I mean, we got over it, even though we were so ticked off. But um, so Lex, Lex is the man. I mean, I love Ethan. Uh, he and I were having some interesting chats on All Stars. Um, but But Lex is the man. I would bring him back in a heartbeat. You know, Kathy, just uh, touch on that uh, real quick. Uh, that does does it change anything if you think about it? That uh, you know, if you guys vote out Amber, uh, you know, Rob and Amber, you know, I, I don't know if that would have worked out. That that would have been the difference between the jury and not being on the jury. That maybe maybe they don't end up married, and uh, you know, there's four there's four uh, beautiful girls that aren't born. Like, uh, look, you could spin this. Right. The, the, you change the world in a positive way. <laughs> I know I did. And then I remember when we first voted up, um, you know, Mr. Naked Guy. Uh, so, so when we took the naked wacko off, um, he was he was just so funny about it when we went to the All-Stars, you know, final party. Yes. And he came up there and said to me, Kathy, he said, I'm, I'm so happy that you voted me off because I was kind of the, I orchestrated that one. Uh, and, and there he was with his boyfriend and he met him, you know, because you go on this fantastic yes. holiday when you don't go to the end. And he introduced me to his, his boyfriend. I don't even know if they're married uh, or not, but he said, that's not as happy of a story as uh Robin Amber, Kathy. Yeah, no, I know. But it was funny <laughs> that I, he, he was like so excited that he got voted <laughs> off and met the man of his yes, dreams. Emiliano, of, uh, yes. Yeah. It was so, a good run. It had a good run. You know the whole story that he's he snuck matches on, right? Yes, you guys yes. Were- we can explore. We can explore that as well. God, Kathy, I've got so many directions to go in with you. I don't even know where to start. Okay, let me start with with 
you know, you talk, I was looking back at this and I actually talked to Lex, who, by the way, he, he said you were his right or die, that he, he didn't realize that all stars would be as ruthless and just physically, psychologically as ugly as it was playing with friends. He never yeah. realized that. And so he said that you really made all the difference for him. So yeah. I'm really curious. I mean, he, he thinks so much of you. I, but after looking back, it looks like you had a couple of chances, not just to win Marquesas, but also to win all stars. If just a couple of things had changed. I think really that you could have won both of these. Now, how would that have changed Survivor history, Rob? Um, well, if if, think, if Kathy won All Stars, how would that have changed Survivor history? Yeah, in cases, I'm, and then and then All Stars two time winner. Yeah, I mean anybody that wins twice is is the queen, right? But um, you know that's the way it works on Survivor for crying out loud. You know, there's just this twist of luck. Yeah, and then a sudden, you know, after working so hard on Marquesa, like really working it, you know, that was not a casual, <gasps> a casual job. I mean, I was constantly replaying what I should be doing with these people. And then, you know, to lose it in a split second, pulling off a challenge. But that's what's so brilliant about the game. You know, all of a sudden it just backfires on you. And it's, it's a matter, it's a stroke of luck, actually. Um, you can work like a devil and then all of a sudden something twists and you're out. Mm-hmm. So, Kathy, if Barquesa had had three final three, would you yeah. have, it, would you have beat would you have beat V and Aaliyah? Oh my Aaliyah? God, yes, of course. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, even the producers yeah. told me that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. And same with Black. Okay. Well, same with Lex. I think if Lex was in the three, he probably would have won. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I look at that. It's. It was fun to look back and go. Yeah. Yeah. That would have worked if yeah. they had done the three. I hear you. <laughs> but you know, CBS, right, so CBS changes it up. So, Kathy, final three, Marquez. So we say we've got a final three. We've got you, Nalia, and V. You win that. Then now we're going back over to All Star. And if I don't think I'm I don't think saying, I could have won All Star. No, no, no. no. There was other. No, nah, there's other stuff happening. You know, that final five oh, yeah. was was really tight. So um, it was hard to break it apart and. I remember Lex and I would be in the jungle for like hours trying to talk to these people that Rob was going to just take it down. And, but they really felt that each one of them had a really good chance. And that's because they said, you know, I, you know, I hang out with Rob, you know, Rob and Amber are going to keep me along. So it was a different animal about all these people and what they thought they had with Rob um, and their relationship yeah. and of anybody that had a good relationship with Rob. You know, he and I hung out in New York a lot with my son, Patrick, got mm -hmm. pretty drunk, actually. Yeah. And uh, but you know, it didn't matter. So but that's why Lex and I had a hard time breaking all of them into that realm of, you know, wait a minute. You know, you have a better chance up against us. They didn't think they did. But they they also thought that the relationship they had with Rob, one of them was going to tag along yeah. in the end. And then they all just got nailed. 
So, and then they all got grumpy about it. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> Kathy, can I ask you a question about that? Because I, I have a, a theory, and I'm not sure if this has necessarily been confirmed uh, by anybody that w- that was a part of that. But they bumped up all of the prize money in that season where it was the only season where they they didn't want to make it more than a million. But they said, okay, if you get to second, then you'll get 250K. And if you get to third, it's 175. And then it goes down from there, which is uh, more than you would get in a normal season do you feel like that that made players tighter and not want like hey like kathy i can't i i can't screw this up because even if i get to fourth that's you know still really good money as opposed to if i go out eighth then uh, i'll get half that oh yeah no they were chatting about it for sure and uh but i think what was stronger was uh some of their prior relationships with mariano they felt were pretty strong Mm -hmm. so i think the money did play a role i think it was brutal, just so you know, on that island was bad. You know, uh, we, we got knocked down with weather, and then we were thrown on to that last uh, campsite. It was, it was just brutal, and, and we all were just getting discouraged, uh, not only from the weather and the location where we had to build that final camp, and nobody wanted to put, nobody put in any effort to build shelter, and, and we all were just getting sick of it. Uh, it was totally different than the previous show where there was just so much energy, right, between the people. And everybody was disgruntled. Some people were talking about the money. Some people were talking about I've known Mariano for a while. Mm-hmm. Everybody was overconfident that they could get to the end. Like, and they really didn't have a good basis for it. So it was very, very splintered. But, you know, when you're in a team environment and you've got negative attitudes all around, nobody's making good decisions. So that's what was happening, including me. And there was probably a way that I could have mastered staying a little longer. And I remember even one of the producers hinted at who I should be working with because they said they wanted to keep me around. But I went for a long walk beyond the perimeter and they they actually were trying to find me. I just had had it. So I walked, I think I was gone for almost three to four hours. I walked past our perimeter on the island and I said, Jesus if I could just get on boat, I'm out of here. It wasn't the same. So everybody had that. And, you know, when you get that negative feeling in your in your brain, in your heart, you just don't make good decisions. And that's what was happening on top of multiple factors. And there wasn't any rise to the moment. There wasn't any sunshiny, cool thing that happened and everybody rebonded. It went downhill. In fact, I think it's uh, Probst. He hated that. He hated that show. Mm-hmm. He disliked it immensely. Well, Kathy, I know everybody. We've thought, you've talked about this before. So Lex was telling me that that you guys have talked for hours and hours about what to do as far as keeping Amber around. And Lex wanted he wanted Amber to go, but he also told me that he had given you had given him so much and done so many things he wanted you to do that he felt like he should go with you on this, but. What his plan was, do you know what his plan was for the final four? Well, well, what happened to those long talks, just so you know, is it wasn't all just heart and, you know, rosy and fluffy that we were saving Amber for Rob. Um, we were doing the same thing that the final five were just all screwed up on. You know, knowing that, you know, I knew Mariano, I went to his house, I hung out with his parents, you know, in Boston, that you know, beyond bringing Amber over, which was kind of a nice thing, we thought. Um, and he did ask, you know, outside of the cameras to bring her over. And, and actually, he meant it when Rob asked for that. 
but it was also the fact that we just felt that we knew him and we were going to be, manip- be able to manipulate it a little bit better. And, and not at all. When we went over there, he was the godfather personified. You know, I practically had to give him my next born child to get anything out of him. So he, he was, it was toast. We were toast. We were toast the moment I got over there. I could feel it. And I went over to Lex and, and I said, Jesus, I, I screwed that one up, buddy. I, you know, because I was the one who finally said, I think we should do this. And it was a key uh, bad decision. But not really. You know, that whole game, that whole game was strategically different than our first game. Uh, with the the bizarre attitudes of everyone coming back, knowing each other. It was bizarre. So, Rob, um, Lex was telling me that exactly what you were just saying, but he was saying when y'all were going to tribal council and you had won immunity, um, and I think Boston Rob had won immunity, and Lex was wanting to win immunity but didn't. But on the way to tribal council, you know how you sit and you kind of stand around before it starts? Yeah, he told me that you y'all had a really mo- you had a moment where you told Lex that you wanted to give him the idol. Oh yeah, I did. I almost did. Can you tell me about that? The immunity. Yep. Yeah. He said yep. you wanted to give him the immunity necklace. I did. Well, you know what? It was definitely my final decision, even though we talked about it for too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I said, you know what? Uh, you know, Jerry, she's out. It, she wasn't a team player. She wasn't. I mean, she tried to be. I like Jerry, right? And she was going through some transformation out there like I did on Marquesa. But, you know, we went with the Amber. It just felt right. It felt big. It felt like a big positive decision. And once we got over there and we saw that Mariano felt that we were threats, which we should have realized, um, I was sitting there going, you know what? This is, this, this, this is not right, Kathy. You know, you were the one who did that. So I was going to throw it over to him because we were all very discouraged about this, this game. Um, and he said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And, you know, in that final analysis, as much as I wanted to and pondered, I think that's why I went off for that long walk. Um, I said, oh, what the hell? It's just a game. I'm just going to stay in it. And I knew I was going to go out the next time if I didn't win. So we were both just, we were toast, the two of us. But um, I thought it would be a really good friendship illustration to show him that, dude, um, thanks for coming with me on this decision to get rid of Jerry and stick with Amber. But he also was just tired of it. You know, he, he got off and, you know, even though we were all emblazoned with like anger, you know, he got that mohawk. You know, I was supposed to go to the mainland of Panama and I was going to get the same haircut as, um, oh God, what was that show that was really hot then? Um, damn, I can't remember it, but I was going to get my hair cut and really short bob with short bangs and dye it black. Uh, like this chick that was in this movie and I, I got to think about it. And the two of us were going to walk out. He was going to be in a mohawk and I was going to be in this radical haircut. And thank God my handler said, Kathy, what are you doing? I said, I know, I know, I know. But I said, I'm so angry. I'm going to come in here and look like I'm at battle. That'll show up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we didn't, I, I didn't do it, but Lex did. He did mohawk. But Lex said, he, he said, please, please do not offer me the immunity necklace because please said, please don't embarrass me. I'll be the very first one to ever refuse an immunity necklace. And then not yeah. only will I look like an idiot for trusting Boston Rob, I'll look like another idiot for not taking the immunity Oh, he necklace. wouldn't have accepted so, it. Yeah, no, you're he right. Would not, and he no, he wouldn't have accepted it. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it would have. It would have made great TV. 
but no, he told me that. That's right. Boy, this is like the you know you go out to dinner and it's like uh, like uh, no, I, I for you put your wallet away. I got the no 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 no. You put your wallet away. I got this. Don't embarrass me. Yeah, it was that, but it's a little a little a little bit more important. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was it was more it was definitely I like to use the word guttural. Um for some reason on that show it gets really testy and sensitive. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens as much now though, where even with players that you don't know that come back and you know, you befriend some and stab the others. It was very, very emotional on those first shows. And the producers have always told me they noticed that too. It switched, you know, after season, mm-hmm. I think they thought 10 and 12, it started getting a little more impersonal. Yeah. But rightfully so. Most of the people that are coming on really watch the game and are having fun and they get disconnected with maybe all the friendships that can come of it. Um, Although some of them I know do bonding and it's good, but I think those first seasons definitely were we were more innocent as Lex and I talked about at length. Yeah. Kathy, had you been friends with Lex from before that season or did you guys just have a bond that was formed on the beach in that season? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't know him very well at all. Um, a, a little bit. And when we got on the bus somewhere, uh, you know, getting on a plane, I went, oh, dude, man, you are Lex. <laughs> so. So, uh, I, cause I really, I loved how smart he was. He's just so brilliant. He's brilliant. He's a brilliant player. And, uh, but we immediately, I think bonded cause we both talk fast and, you know, we, we were giving each other a lot of smack and fun, fun conversation. No, I did not know him beforehand. Um, we got together a lot afterwards, like, um, a friend of mine up here that does LASIK surgery, uh, brought us up, they brought Lex and his wife up here for LASIKs and then, uh, that same friend who owns boat down in the Caribbean, we went down there and shot a commercial for their LASIK surgery. And we're down there with Jerry in the Caribbean on these boats that were amazing. And we got treated like Kings and Queens. It was really fun. And Jerry and uh, Lex and I bonded on that trip and we don't, we don't stay in touch enough right now, but mm-hmm. that was really a good time. And, you know, for about five, six years, we stayed in touch. I have not been in touch with Lex. I, talk, I you know, I feel like Survivor was another lifetime. The way I live my life is like Survivor was this like incredible moment in time, and I feel like it was actually not just another lifetime, but I it was another I was another being. In other words, I don't I do, I watch the show, but I don't think about it. And then when I run into somebody, which I do at least once every seven to ten days, I go, "Oh man, you're Kathy from Survivor," and I go, "Oh yeah, that was my other world." And I really like jumping back into that world, but it's fascinating even to talk to you guys because uh, I've really moved forward away from it. And mm-hmm. it's fun to reminisce about it and uh, to recall some of these facts and emotions. I think also it was um, it was a difficult loss that first time around. Like I worked hard at that and to lose, even though it was an incredible experience, I went, oh my God, that was a ridiculous loss. Uh, I got over it, but I still look at it as a ridiculous loss um, after trying so hard. And I loved everybody that I was with and enjoyed it immensely, but I, I was pretty crushed by it. Did you have second thoughts about going back for All-Star? Or did you know you wanted back, you know, back no. for another try? No, no, no. I had second thoughts. The only person that convinced me was Patrick, my son. He said, oh, I can just see you in front of the TV. And, and you had a chance to go back. And you know what? I think, though, that's why I didn't go back with fervor. 
You know, I went back logic, like it was logical. It was almost like going to a job. Um, and if I, if I had a third time, I would go back just that I did in the first one where I was totally just naive and I was selling the, the cast and also everybody just bring it on. Like what's going on? Let, let me figure it out as I go through it. Even the producers, you know, I would, in the beginning, I remember they said, do you realize how hard this is? Because they thought I was just going to be a blonde bimbo. And if they said it once, they said it 17, 20 times at that meeting before we start the game. I don't know if you guys had that, but they sit around, they just make sure that you know how bad it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I remember that meeting so distinct. It's so distinct because I think all the cameramen are there, all the producers, and they're looking at you. And here I am, this little overweight, 47 year old blonde. And they're going, you do know how bad and hard this is, right? And I went, I get it, you guys. I get it. Do you think I'm not capable? And they said, well, we just need you to know that it's really hard. And they said, I get it. And uh, and so it was really fun at the end of Marqueso when I'm in my little cabin in that expensive boat they rented. They had a cruise ship and I'm in there looking at my body and how wasted I am and realizing I just lost a million, but it wasn't losing the million as much as just losing the game. I was so close. And uh, I had post-traumatic stress disorder in that room. I kept looking at this little VHS light, and I thought it was the light for the kerosene lantern. So I would get up, and I would I was awake, and I was trying to light the fire in my cabin. Um, and thankfully, the psychologist slept with me or in my room and she would turn the lights on and I go, what is going on, man? She goes, you're going through post-traumatic stress disorder. I said, yeah, but the jungle was in this room. I was awake and the jungle was here. And she goes, just give it three days. It'll go away. So it was just a traumatic experience compared to All Stars, which, you know, mm-hmm. none of us got into it. None of us got into it the way our first shows were. I hear you. And I would go back on that third season that if I went back a third time, I would feel it like I did that first one. I was so into it emotionally and intelligently that it affected me when I ended the show. It was fascinating. I couldn't get over it. So, Kathy, all right, so you played in Marquesa. You were 46, 48 when you played All-Stars. So now you're telling us you would do three times the charm. You'd be 65. And you went really far as a mature woman the first two times. Day uh, 38 on Marquesas, day 28 on All-Star. How far do you think you'd go now as a mature, a little bit more mature lady at 65? Oh, I know. You know what, though? After seeing the last season and all the old players coming back, I just, I wouldn't be able to think that fast. I think I can. I probably, I'd probably really get my brain working. So, I think I would have fun. I think I would definitely go back with a carefree attitude like I did the first time. And the first the first mental uh, game that I played was just, I was just going to conquer the issue as it hit and really make uh, decisions on the fly, which I do really well in my regular life. I didn't do that in All-Stars. I pre-planned. I was really very meditative about it. So I would go back the third time and do the same thing. But... Uh, I think I think just mentally staying on top of it, well, how everybody's changing and shifting, and the changing and shifting in today's survivor. I don't know if it's that if it's that um, 
what's the right word? Uh, like a successful, but mm-hmm. if you don't do it, you won't win. So it's, it's a, it's more of a back and forth game big time. So I actually don't think I would get that far, but I would definitely have more fun than, uh, all stars because on the first show, I remember getting interviewed and I just talked my peace of mind, man. It was just right flat out there. And I think that's why fans appreciated it because I just put it out there. Um, and I would do that again because that's really who I am. Now, Kathy, did you ever have a serious flirtation with the show to go back for a third time after the All-Stars? Well, yeah, they did call. They um, called, uh, oh man, must be three years ago. Uh, I forget what season they were approaching. But we were slated to go on, Patrick and I, for Blood is Thicker Than Water. Yeah, they were going to do a second episode. Blood versus Water. Well, yeah, not that one. They were going to do it again, you uh, so uh, let's see. It was like two years ago. What was a big anniversary date for those guys? Was it Game Changers? Because I could see you on Game Changers, Kathy. Couldn't you, Rob? Certainly. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Whatever it was, they canceled uh, the blood and thick blood is thicker than water theme, and they went somewhere else because Burnett said it wasn't juicy enough. And I don't remember if it was. Uh, like, what is the anniversary show that just happened? Is this twenty years? I don't even. Yeah, I don't even. Twenty years of the show. So, so for season forty, they called you to see if you were interested. I don't remember. It it was like two years ago. But you know what? And that's why. Just you know, I don't live for the show anymore. But I do enjoy the fact that I was on it. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they did call, and we started training like wild people. Like we were up at the University of Vermont's pool. And that coach was killing us in the water. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, Jesus. I think it was about it was about three years ago. And uh, so we were training for a good month and a half. And then I got the call from casting that they decided to go another direction. And it might have been game changers that they flipped to. But we were really disappointed. Yeah. And Patrick was going to be there. And he and I were making plans and doing all sorts of fun stuff that we were going to throw out. Uh, but, but it didn't happen. We were disappointed. So And nobody's called since. You know, it, it's, oh, I'm old school. So I don't plan on being called. It would be nice because uh, I think it'd be a riot to go back and and put some humor back into the show. I think that is missing mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more of the flip humor. There's some of it. So I love when the New Yorkers are on because they're always so flip. Um, so anyway. Kathy, how would you play with all the idols, advantages, fire tokens, exile island, redemption island? I mean, how would you play in a new school world as an old school player? Yeah, well, the thing is, after watching this last show, I think we get it. You know, like, I really love this last show, and I really understand the fire tokens. And I would definitely I'm glad try to. somebody say- does. Yeah, no, I love them. I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But you know what? Um, I am in the business of negotiating and trading. You know, that's all I do all day long is come up with solutions to put a contract and a deal together. So when you can master that and have a couple extra pieces to uh, get yourself leveraged. Um, I understand leveraging. So I get those fire tokens and I would definitely try to save and get as many as I can. Physically, I'm in decent shape, but I, I wouldn't be able to keep up with the young ones for sure. And that was a brutal show. I mean, that was brutal, I think, physically last time. So when it comes to the idols, uh, I don't think that's rocket science to mm-hmm. go out at the right time and find them. And you just have to do it right. I don't think you run around the jungle and be a nutbag about it, but you can certainly get back into that jungle and and look. So I, I would definitely explore for those. I think they're smart. I think they give you leverage. 
And then I think the fire tokens give you leverage. And as you walk through the game, and that's the other thing that I found I was good at on the first show and I kind of closed down on the second is you really just have to be open-minded. You can't have a positive game plan. You just can't. So you need to flex and bend. Um, you have to have maybe an underlying will to win and you want to get to the end. But if you don't read your players, and understand the changing aspects of the game and even watch the producers and see what's going on, you know, it just doesn't work. But again, I think, I think on all stars, there was definitely some unbalanced play. I didn't like the fact that very often you would just draw out of a bag and it was random who you were partnered with. I remember talking to CBS officials about that, that every time I would draw a number out of a bag, I might be with somebody that's out of shape. And maybe the second time I was with somebody that was out of shape. And I just didn't feel that was right, where it was just a random pick out of the bag and you're on a team when it was individual immunity. And Mm -hmm. I don't think they do that anymore. I don't think they do, but maybe they do. So that bothered me. So if I, you know, and, and Rob, maybe you had participated in a couple in All-Stars, but when I was getting to the bitter end, I think the second to the last challenge, it was like, okay, everybody draw out of the bag. And we were on an obstacle course, you know, one of those, those last obstacle courses that kind of blow your mind. Yeah. And uh, I was with Big Tom. We had to crawl under stuff. We had to climb stuff. We, you know, it didn't work. And, and my ass was grass because I was with players that couldn't think fast or move fast. And for individual immunity, I thought that was so contractually unfair that CBS did that. Yeah. Of course, I did waive a complaint. <laughs> and they said, we hear you, Kathy, but it's the game. I went, okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's that. Hey, Rob, I've got a question for you and Kathy. Since you both played on All-Stars, did y'all study the group of people you thought might be out there and look at their gameplay? And did anybody surprise you or did you have any players that completely, you know, you were right about or completely wrong about once you got out there and were playing with them? Well, well, yeah, you answer first. Well, I did study with a corporate psychologist. Um, and we met twice a week. She was just a great survivor fan. I met her from my first show and we, yeah, it was fascinating. So we pulled up who I thought was going to be on the show and we took one of the boardrooms at my office building and we studied people and we made huge pieces of paper. Uh, it was almost like a branding session if you were introducing a new product to the market. So, and then I brought in somebody that I knew was a branding specialist at a PR firm in my city, my little city. And we had a blast. We would just drink rum <laughs> and I... We would, we would light, write up who's going to be there. Sestranino, you were on a piece of paper. Yeah, I'm sorry you and, wasted your time with that, Kathy. <laughs> and I had... What? I had that, so that would have been a better what? use of your time. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. It was fun. Yeah. Kathy, do you have any, any recollection of anything that you discovered in uh, the psychologist study of me? Yeah. Yeah. That you were young... And your mind worked fast. I distinctly remember this. And we all realized that you love playing games and you had to watch out for it. 
But we also said, because I, I distinctly remember talking about all these players, that there's, there's got to be, you got to have like a gap of some sort. And we felt that you probably thought too much about it instead of just trusting your gut. Hmm. And that's why when we were going through this boardroom about who and who was diabolical, and we were trying to figure out who was going to lie. Um, they taught me how to look at body mannerisms for people that are lying and facial expressions. Um, and I remember on you, Rob, uh, they said, you'll always know if he's lying because he has a little bit of a grin. Mm. <laughs> and I said, really? I remember. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, but you think I could retain all of that when I got to the island? Forget yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it went out one ear. I had, I was so well trained. The thing is, I was looking for it too much. I was working it way too hard and not just trusting my gut. And so even though I went pretty far on all stars because I wasn't working it, a lot of that had to do with Lex. There always, when you have a partner on that show, uh, you can go far. And I mean, Lex and I were definitely up against Robin Amber and we should have taken Jerry. And I think we would have had a good play against Mariano and who he was going to take. So, yes, when you ask me if you think we could have gotten further, absolutely. Uh, uh, Lex and I were definitely a a really interesting powerhouse of conversation with people. And our mistake was bringing Amber and Rob was there. So, But Rob would have attached himself with somebody. um, And we would have been up against that same freaking, excuse my language, attitude like, oh, I've known Rob for a long time. And I'm sure he's taking me to the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, but so says so It was good though. But you were you were a big player on the on the on the boardroom wall. Yeah. Well, I did do uh, a lot of research, but I was really just looking at everybody's bios and trying to figure out uh, who was going to be there. But I definitely had like a miscalculation on a lot of people, specifically on Rob. I, I didn't think he was going to be a threat because I just felt like that. Oh, okay. Oh, well, he's got a he's got a showmance and he's in a relationship. I, I thought it was going to go exactly like Marquesas uh, or the Marquesa, Kathy, and he was going to get to the merge, and then oh, he'll be like the first person voted out at the merge. And then I'll be able to, you know, figure out. But I thought that he'd be a good person to hide behind. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people also thought that. Uh, and uh, I, what I didn't think was that everybody would just want to get rid of me. I thought that, uh, like, I because we didn't play. Well, we played in a season where nobody ever ever played before. So I thought, okay, well, yeah, I played in a season recently and I played a, a big game, but a lot of people did. And I thought that people would, would judge you more on what you were doing when you got out there and not so much on like, hey, I'm going to vote this person out because of what they did in their previous game. That just wasn't in my uh, thought process and stupidly so. Uh, but I just thought that people would vote vote people out based on like what they were doing in that particular game and not based on what they had seen in the previous game. Yeah, well, look at what just happened in the last show. Everybody was looking at how everybody used to play. Yeah, but we, but did, we just didn't know that. We were the first. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Mariano came back. He was pissed, right? Mm-hmm. He was pissed. He was pissed that he looked like such a ding on the first show and didn't do much because he was just having fun. A lot of those players on the first show, by the way, were just having fun. Mm-hmm. And then when it came down to playing, which you really had to start playing, I remember people weren't playing. I, and I was confused by that, even though I didn't even know the premise of the game. My niece was telling me on, on, in the airport. She goes, are you sure you remember how this goes? She goes, I go, look, I'm just going to figure it out. 
They're two teams. I never watched the show. I said, I get it. They're two teams. We've got to go to tribal council. I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, but Mariano came back with a vengeance. He probably watched Marquesa and all the shows 10 times. And, and he came back, you know, but it was really the dynamic of two. And I remember Probst told us to, uh, remember when he told us to read that one book about mathematics mm-hmm. and numbers? And it is. I mean, obviously the power of two with an energy of two, decision-making with two is powerful. And uh, you don't think so, but you are. And it's a block. So when you have two, it's a block. So when you have three, even better. But three is tough to manage because you've got three personalities. And to psychologically bond with three is difficult. So unbeknownst to Mariano, I think, when he grabbed onto Amber, they were just a really dynamic force. She could get little pieces of information. He was building things, mm-hmm. built a nice shelter. And he really is a fun guy to get to know. I love Rob. I mean, I could drink every night of the week with Rob and would be totally laughing on the floor. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what he does so well. But you know what? It actually does come from the heart. Uh, but then he has another side to him that can totally stab you in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he doesn't seem to mind, but he just says it's a game. So in the end, everybody respected that somewhat, except it took a while for everybody on All Stars to get over that. Kathy, uh, you knew, you're talking about Rob and you mentioned the fire tokens and uh, the, how fast the game went. So I, I would love to just get your thoughts on the season that we uh, just saw, specifically uh, on what you thought about Rob's game in season 40. I know. So, you know, again, I think you go back, like when I went back to All-Stars, I didn't use my original game, um, which was just carefree and really think on your feet, you know, as you hit it. So definitely he came back uh, with some of the gameplay that he thought could manipulate people, but you know, the, the, the game has progressed too much. Um, and I think he relied on that very heavily that he is a powerhouse on how to deal with people when really he just had too many marks against him. And then I don't think he gave enough credit to those idols. Those idols save your life, but he didn't need them because mm-hmm. he thought he really could master the game of negotiation which he is really good. But again, if you don't sit back and look at what's happening with people 360 degrees around you every five to 10 minutes and smell it, which he did on that show, and I could see that he did, but he still didn't think, and he could smell it. I knew he did. Um, And I can smell it. You can smell it when you're on the outs, even four votes back from when you're getting on the outs. well, maybe you can't, but some, <laughs> I know I could, I could smell it. I think you could if you went back a third time. But um, I think where Mariano fell short was he didn't need to do those idols and run around and do that shit. He finally did it, right? He was doing it when he was exiled, and it worked for him because he's, he's still in great shape, even though he's older. And I think he started pumping that up, and, and then he got pissed. Because when he gets mad, his brain works really well. And I think he was getting angry. He knew his kids were watching. And then all of a sudden, he motored in a little bit harder. He should have been doing that earlier. That's all. But it's hard to keep that up and and reinvent yourself on that show. Uh, and 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 then you, misguide, you get misguided. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so I think that's what it was. He was. He was definitely, I think, overconfident at times. Use some old gameplay that everybody knew. So why would that work again? If he had used that really fun, 
Rob hysterical, which he was using some of it that everybody totally gets. I think he would have gone further. But I remember um, on All Stars, as we all got voted out, even Burnett was there when uh, Lex and I were the last ones to go. And it was either Burnett or Probst was there. And he said, look, you guys went the furthest in your game. And everybody that's left are the people that didn't. Mm -hmm. So obviously, they're going to take people down that went the furthest, which is simple math, you know? And, And that is what happened on this last show. You take the people out that went far, get rid of them. So, yes, that's interesting. So this is what I want to mention to you about Ethan. Because Ethan told me that he had come to you when Lex, he actually went to Lex first. And Lex, you know, man of his word, he told Ethan, I'm just letting you know, I'm going to do the honorable thing. You're a winner. We've all decided that all winners are going. Then he said he came, Ethan came to you privately and wanted to flip on Lex and Jerry that he thought, Ethan thought that was your best long-term plan in his opinion. And he thinks that you would have gone further in the game if you had been with him and Sheehan and then pulled Lex back in. Because he was saying as he was the last remaining winner. So in the game that he would have been the meat shield. And he knew, so he felt like that was would have been a really good way for you to have gotten further in the game. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know what? Uh, Ethan and I get along, but we were not connecting. So I, I, it's not that I didn't trust him, but I didn't have this connection with him where uh, there wasn't enough conversation between the two of us. Uh, so when he did come to me with that, I thought it was a, a real, you know, last minute punt and it didn't feel right. It didn't, it didn't feel right. And I think it didn't feel right because it's not that I didn't trust him. I just didn't know if he was seeing the next set of negotiations after what I would do. And I knew that I was a powerhouse with Lex. Lex and I had it down and our mistake was keeping Amber. That's all it was, man. If we had kept Jerry, we would, we were in a really good flow of decision making with, um, the rest of the tribe. I mean, they were listening. A lot of them were very complacent, actually. And that's probably too what happened in that final five. People got complacent on that show. So they weren't playing that hard. And I, it, it, even when we were talking to them, about coming with us and not going with Robin Amber, you know, you could tell they just lost their mojo. Um, that was frustrating. And then every time they got voted off after us and somebody would come out swearing and <laughs> we were at a vodka in our hand and we said, what did we tell you? Jesus, you know, and uh, they all said, yeah, that was a mistake. So, but, but again, there was a lot of other things happening with that show that it just wasn't a good group of connecting individuals. Um, and that's why Propes didn't like the show. It was just a bad combo of people. Mm-hmm. And it's not that we didn't trust each other. Just, just, we just, a lot of people just sort of didn't give a shit. I remember Colby uh, realized that there was more money and he missed his girlfriend and he was getting really bitten because there were no bugs in Australia. So 
you know, he was talking about, well, you know, maybe I'll just, I don't care, get, get voted out. I'll get some money and I'm just going to go back to LA. And so, you know, what's with that, right? There was just this weird attitude. Um, you know, then the whole thing with who's a majigger, you know, and the sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's her face? I can't think of her name. Sure. Sorry. So, you know, that was a downer. And uh, then Jenna, I felt so bad for Jenna. Mm-hmm. Remember, I remember you know, there was probably a, there was a moment and I think it was on air where I was sitting with her and I said, man, you, you just need to get out of here. Who gives a shit about Survivor. Um, you know, call that producer, do it now. And then I was mesmerized that nobody else was sitting with us with that woman and explaining to her that it doesn't matter. You need to get home. And um, I remember hugging her and saying, get out, go. And just even that, that she left. So there were a lot of things on that show, you guys, that were very weird. And it, it brought us down and into an area of like, not necessarily into the game. And then there were moments that we did get into it because, you know, the challenges always bring it back. It was an odd show. I can't say that uh, the only thing I loved about it was just being on the show again. But it, it, had, it had nothing to compare with what Marquesa was all about. Okay. So let's all jump over to this. So Winners at War, you played with Boston Rob, Amber, and Ethan. Were you pulling for one of those for Winners at War or were you pulling for somebody else? I actually, I, I thought it was lovely to see Rob and Amber together, um, but I wasn't pulling for them. Um, I thought Ethan, I thought it was hard on him being on that show. So I was actually not really gunning for anybody uh, throughout the show. I just was thoroughly entertained. I thought it was great. I thought there were moments of greatness when Ethan finally did that trek up the mountain. Mm-hmm. I said, rock on, man. And then I thought it was great when Rob pulled out all the stops. I just really enjoyed seeing them and Amber going through a little transformation of what it's like and appreciating home. So I wasn't one of those fans that sat there and, and I even got together because I have a lot of people up here that love the show and they asked me to come watch it with them. And, and I do it with a a small group and they were actually surprised that I wasn't rooting for somebody. I said, you know what? I, I just don't do that anymore. I totally love watching the game. I watch every season. I love what the producers do. I think it's fascinating that's what they do. I think it's great. And I just don't, I don't, I don't sit there rooting for somebody. I just think it's a great, great show to watch how people manipulate with each other and personal relationships and all the fun stuff that the producers uh, throw at you. So, and whoever wins, wins. That's my attitude about it. All right. So what do you think about all the chaos? I was looking back you know, there's so much chaos at Tribal Council now that we didn't see in the early days. However, you were a pioneer, a trailblazer, because you were actually probably one of the first, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, talking to V at Tribal Council about changing her vote. So you started that way back in the day. Well, I'll say the, the distinction is in uh, going back to Survivor Marquesa when Kathy was trying to talk to V and Kathy said, uh, hey, can I just pull V aside and, you know, have, have a minute here? And Jeff said, no, you could do it yeah. right here. You, no, right. no whispering, no getting up. That's not allowed. <laughs> yeah, well, right, that, Kathy? Exactly. Well, that comes just because I negotiate all day long. And so... 
I knew when I got there, again, I was playing that game with a different tactic of when I see it in front of me, which I do in my business, and I deal with people in their lives, you know, selling residential real estate was just very emotional. So, and sometimes it just comes to you on how you put people together and fix problems and everybody's happy about it. So I went into that tribal council and we had all sorts of plans and ideas. And then finally I sat there and I went, Jesus, why doesn't anybody ever raise their hand and try to do something? So I just did it. It was on the fly. And you know how all those cameras are looking at you and you don't Mm -hmm. see anybody behind the cameras. I could tell when I raised my hand, I said, excuse me, Jeff, you could see some of the guys behind the cameras like went outside the lens and they went, what is she doing? (laughs) So, so it felt good to throw out a negotiation out front. And I think it should be done. I think now it's gotten a little stupid. It's, it's kind of fun to watch, but it got old in this last season. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think what was happening seriously was what happens is people got up and they were talking quietly in the background, which is sort of the same thing as not saying anything at tribal, right? If you got to say it, say it up front. And what was happening, I think, even as it got more belabored with people going to the back was nobody knew what was going on. It was getting old compared to just come on, you guys, just say it. Because it, sometimes they should have, many times they should have just come out and said it. Because if they said it, I think they would have made so much more impact on a vote than squirreling people in the back. That It's almost the same thing as just sitting on those stumps and not saying anything compared to just whispering. So I did like how that negotiation style was working like two games prior or like in the last maybe six games where people just really threw it out there. And then the and then all of a sudden the truth comes piling out. And if you sat there like a, a stump on a stump, uh, you look like an idiot. So I thought it was great when you just come out and say it, everybody else said it, and you weren't scared about it. Um, and I think that also prompted probes not to pick on you. Because if you didn't say anything, he jumped on the guy that just sat there or the woman. So I thought that was also prevalent in all stars, you know, that if, if you look sheepish, man, he comes at you. So, Mm -hmm. so, uh, but I do feel there was just a little too much of that whispering negotiation. I said, Oh, come on, everybody sit down and just say it like it is. And it would be, I think better for them. Some of the people that whispered too much look like fools. Right. Don't you agree? Uh, yeah, well, if you're getting up all the time, uh, I feel like that you see a little bit of like, oh, here we go again, you know, uh, where people get upset and frustrated with it. Yeah, they're too, but they were trying too hard. Mm-hmm. It didn't work compared yeah. to just sitting with confidence and, and just saying it. But saying it, and it made sense of sorts, you didn't say it like an idiot or a fool. Mm-hmm. So, but I find that kind of negotiation great. That's what I do in real life. I just put it out there, but not to the point where I knew I'm going to sink the ship or somebody's going to throw me under the bus. You know, I do it pretty logically, try to come up with some solutions. And so I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, tribal council should be that way, but not where it's up in the back, whispering, sitting down. <laughs> so anyway, it certainly was entertaining. I thought this last show was the best season ever. Wow. Better than Marquesa, Kathy? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, by leaps and bounds. That show was great. I think I think how it was edited, 
I thought the fire tokens were great. I thought the cast was great. I thought it was the best show. It was wow. very, very well done. Yeah. Were there anybody out, was there anybody out, not out there that you thought should have been out there for Winners at War? Just thinking back no. on past winners? No, I really didn't. I think they did a good job picking them. They might have asked a couple people and they declined, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it was okay. Yeah. I think some of the past players, you know, wouldn't have been spunky enough. So, and there already were some winners in there that weren't spunky enough. But um, it, it was entertaining. I thought it was great. I thought the cast was great. I think they did a super job. And yeah. I think they're happy. I think at Rebirth, ratings came up. There's chitter-chatter. Um, I loved the sets they designed. That damn flag was awesome. You liked the Edge of Extinction. <laughs> I did. I thought it was great. It wow. was guttural, man. Can you mm-hmm. imagine being out there? You know that they didn't have anything. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I think it was great. I think I think the initial, you know, entry onto it and, and the first person in, I forget who it was, probably thought, well, it can't be that bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was bad. Okay. It was bad. Kathy, I, I want to ask you about that. You talked about how when you first uh, got out on uh, Survivor Marquesa that you felt like that the producers felt like you weren't going to be able to hack it. Right. You, you said that they you thought that they didn't think that you were going to be able to handle the conditions. Is, is that that was their concern? Yeah. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, they kept. And I think it was odd because I was definitely in front of every camera crew. So what, there were like maybe four or five of them. Probes was there, Burnett, uh, other CBS officials. It was quite the crowd. Mm-hmm. I might've been in front of like 50, 40 or 50 people. And they brought me in and they just said, okay, one last chance. We just want you to know how bad it is out here. It's going to be rugged. Uh, we want to make sure you understand how bad it is. And they asked more than once. And I said, I don't know why you guys, are you worried about me or something? They said, no, we're just telling all the contestants it's bad. I said, I get it. And then finally, I looked at John. Hmm, he was that CNN producer that was on the show. Mm-hmm. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't know him. And he asked the question. I said, well, I don't know. I said, you guys, I don't know why, why you're doubting me. I said, I biked across America, and I camped out in the middle of rainstorms. I had to set up my own tent. I mean, I have done some pretty shitty stuff in my life that's hard. And then he said, you did what? I said, yeah, I biked across America with 200 people. And, you know, I packed my stuff. It took me 48 days. It was brutal. And all of a sudden, they're asking me questions. And people said, oh, I always wanted to do that. So before you know it, we were engaged in this conversation. And I don't know, you know, on that show, just, you know, they hadn't finished all their permitting with Marquesa. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know this. And I didn't know this until afterwards. But when we got there, they put us uh, in tents out in the jungle for like three days. And they kept saying it was, we just wanted to test you guys staying out here. Uh, and, you know, we had a pillow one night and they took the pillow away. And we had a sleeping bag one night and they took everything away. <laughs> and I kept, I kept to find out later what it was, was they hadn't secured uh, the permitting with uh, the Fijian... Not Fijians, but the um, people that own Marquesa. It's not the Fijians, I'm sorry. But um, I'm trying to think of the French, you know, uh, island chain out there. So I found out later that they hadn't ironed out the money. So they had to do this just to, like, prolong stuff. And I think that meeting was part of that prolonged element. They couldn't start the game uh, Mm -hmm. because they didn't have total permission to launch. 
well, Kathy, what would they have done if they had talked somebody out of it? I mean, at that point, you're getting ready to play. Did, do you know if they had any backups there? Anybody that yeah, they all filled in? Had a back, they had backups back then. Yep. I think they had two players in case somebody quit. And they didn't want anybody to quit. They, they, you know, they were adamant, you can't quit. We don't want you to quit. So just so you know when you're out there, you can't quit. Of course, they didn't realize that quitting boosted ratings. But in the beginning, they just didn't want anybody to quit. So I think that's what that conversation was about. Yeah. But then finally, when, you know, I'm in that little beautiful stateroom on that beautiful ocean liner, they all came in, all the producers. I said, what are you doing in here? I was like devastated that I lost. And uh, they said, God, we just can't believe you went so far. You're going to be the main character of the show. And I, we just said, we're, we just couldn't believe it. You know, they don't do that anymore because they were so new at all this stuff, right? And and I was blessed, and so were you, T-Bird, and maybe you, Rob, that in the beginning, like these producers really talked to you. They came into my, my room and, uh, you know, we had a toast of champagne. They said... We just can't believe you made it that far and you, it, it, what you did. And so you are the main character, just, you know, you're the main thread. And I went, Jesus, I don't even give a shit right now. I'm like dying. <laughs> I said, I just oh, lost, no. I lost, I lost, I lost 40 pounds. I looked like crap. I said, I just really need to sleep. I asked him to leave. <laughs> <laughs> get out. Yeah. Can you get out now? Yeah. So, uh, so I think in the beginning shows, we were blessed to have that kind of connection with the cast and the crew and I mean the crew and maybe they mm -hmm. still do, but I don't think they do. And, you know, blessed that we had that big party and they set up that huge setup in central park. Mm -hmm. um, with Rosie. You know, that, with Rosie. But I mean, even just walking onto that set, you know, they made a tiki, a tiki hut that could house 300 people. They spent a lot of money back then to yeah. promote that show. Um, and I think they did that too, because we were coming off the heels of 9 11. Mm -hmm. So we were right after Africa where 9 11 occurred. So they wanted to bring it to New York and uh, say that New York is safe. And so it, it was just a joy to go through all of that. Yeah, Kathy, I, I brought up uh, about your conversation with the producers before the game, because then when the game started, you did seemingly on the show have a hard time. Could you talk about what was the initial struggle for you when you uh, first got to the beach on row two? Yeah. So first of all, when they dumped us off the boat, um, they realized they dumped us too far out. So we were rowing ashore. It was going to take way too long. So they pulled us in with Zodiacs and a little closer. And, and everybody in those little rafts were making bad decisions uh, they had a sharpshooter in one of the Zodiacs in case there were sharks. <laughs> and two, two of us had to kick, to kick the uh, rafts in. Yeah. And in fact, I was looking at the guy with the, with the gun way off in the distance. I went, I wonder why the fuck he has a gun. And then I, if I put two and two together because I do ocean sailing. I went, it's because of a shark, if a shark came by. So, so it, it just was discombobulated. I, I didn't expect that. And when we got to the shore... Everybody opened the crate, thought there was going to be tons of food. There was nothing except a pot and a machete mm -hmm. and a canister to carry water. And that's because they wanted to get ratings up. So no food from Survivor Africa. And, and so everybody was just having a good old time. And that went on for 48 hours. Finally, on the second day, no one's getting sleep. I 
was just really upset that I didn't have water and I didn't think it was safe. Mm-hmm. So I was pleading with them to help me with the fire. Nobody was really cohesive at working on it. We worked on it for like 35, 40 minutes and then everybody disbanded. And the Leah went to look for shrimp and people just, they just left. Mm-hmm. So I was just upset. I didn't like it. We, none of us had sleep. None of us was make, nobody was trying to make fire. And the producers came to us and said, you know, we have to delay the game until you make fire, which in those days, that's what they did. Um, they were just worried that we didn't have water. So then we started drinking contaminated water because we, our water source was up by a waterfall where wild pigs just had wild pig shit everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely contaminated water, but I started drinking it. And, uh, so then I think it was the third day, uh, we, I was not getting along with anyone. I just didn't, it didn't make sense to me. I didn't feel safe. That's mm-hmm. what the problem was. So I, the, the producers pulled me back in the jungle and they said, so what do you think? And I said, well, I don't even know the premise of this game, but right now it's bullshit. because <laughs> nobody's making fire. We, we can't even open a coconut correctly. I studied at length with an environmental guy and a wildlife guy and, it's not helping me out at all. And we need to be a team. We need to be cohesive. We need to work at fire together. And nobody wants to. And I know I am trying to be the leader and I probably did it the wrong way. But they said, Are you, you think you're getting voted out? I went, absolutely. I think I want to go home. So I came back. I'll never forget it. And they had made fire. And they gave me the first sip of water. And I, I, I started crying. And then we all hugged each other. And from that moment on, we became Team Rotu and we won. And I was just floored that, number one, I wasn't handling myself correctly and I did a shitty job. And then they made fire. They offered me water. Uh, Gabe was wonderful. And he said, we knew you were worried, Kathy, and we want you to drink. So we drank water like fools. And (laughs) then all of a sudden, we started talking about life. Yeah. And. Uh, and and we bonded in a big way. And that's why we were called the Love Tribe because um, we really respected each other. It was cool. That's a great story. So, Kathy, you never saw, you didn't see Borneo, Australia, or Africa. You just decided to apply just blind. Did somebody talk you into it? And what made you apply? Oh, yeah. No, uh, a friend of mine who loved the show, apparently. Yeah, she did. Mindy. Uh, she came to me and said, you need to apply for this. I said, but I, I didn't have any survivalist training. You know, I, I rode my bike across America. I'm a big ocean sailor. But she just said, you should do this. I think you'd do really well. I go, do what? And even on, I think my, my tape I sent in, I think I said, it seems like you guys might be filming this in a warehouse in Jersey. I don't get it. I was such a naysayer. And so finally, I put this sarcastic, flippant video together with her. And we drove out to FedEx because it was due in like 48 hours. And I think, I think we had a beer because we thought it was hysterical. And then I said, all right, let's get into it. We pulled off the side of the road. I had filled out my application and we did the stupid video. And I threw in a bunch of dirt. We found a couple worms. Uh, we threw in a bunch of shit into this <laughs> FedEx envelope. <laughs> and we sent it out to LA. And that was the end of it. And then I think three weeks later, I get a call. And, you know, it was this guttural voice on the phone going, Kathy O'Brien, this is SEG. I went, oh, okay. So um, where do you want to buy a house? And they said, mm-hmm. they said, this is Survivor Entertainment Group. 
I just want you to know that you made it to the next round. And I went, oh, oh, what does that mean? So I was totally naive. It was just a good friend of mine who uh, spooked me into it. And before I knew it, I went down to that next interview. And what was the first question they asked me? I'll never forget it. They said, so, Sue, if somebody comes into your camp and they steal your food, what would you do? And I said, I drove to New York City for this question. (laughs) And they said, yeah. And I said, okay, let me think. Somebody comes into my camp and steals my food. Well, my dad always said, give people one chance. And I was so sarcastic. I said, so I'd probably give them one chance. And then if, if they came back again, I'd be over in their camp stealing all their food. Uh, and I had one of those numbers on, like I was going to jail, right? Because I was probably one of a thousand people getting interviewed. I think I was 929. And they stuck the number over my head. I got interviewed. And I said, well, thanks so much. Uh, I just drove five hours for that. See you later. And I, I didn't even give it a thought. I was so flippant. Didn't even care. And then they called. And they said, oh, we want you to go to California and hang out for 10 days in a hotel room. I went, oh, God, really? So, and then those those questions out there were just even more harassing, I thought. And I, I gave it right back to him. I think even Les Moonves asked me on the final interview, you know, when you get all dressed up and you go talk to Les, did you guys mm-hmm. have to do that? Yep. 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 I think he asked me, he said, so uh, do you think you'd want to have sex with any of the contestants? <laughs> and I said, man, do you think I look like some old 47 year old slut or what? <laughs> and I couldn't stand it. I can't believe they asked me that question. I said, that is just brutal, you guys. And we were getting interviewed uh, about a month and a half to two months after 9-11. And I looked at Propes, I think, was there, Les Moonves, and Burnett. I said, you know what, you guys? Being out here was too long. If you don't know who you want for the show, I'm out. I said, I got to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, I lost, I lost a good friend in one of the towers. So I said, I'm going to head out now. And, uh, and then they said, well, wait a minute. You know, see, do you see these eight pink cards and eight blue cards face down? I went, yeah. And they said, well, what do you think they are? And I went, gee whiz, I think it might be the eight women and the eight men that you picked. I was so flippant with those people, you guys, because I'd had it. And then they turned over the pink card and they said, yeah, you're on the cast. And I went, well, what does that mean? I I still didn't know what it meant. I said, well, you got to make a decision. You got 10 minutes. I went, what? And and then you're going to go in, you're going to get your shots, you're going to go home and you're going to study. And then Burnett said, and it might be smart if you've lost a little weight. I went, (coughs) I said, excuse me. He said, well, you know, TV puts 15 pounds on you. So you just might want to lose a little weight if you want to look good on camera. Hmm. So I, I called my kid and I said, what do I do? He goes, Jesus, you got to be on the show. I said, okay, fine. Got my shots, came home. Did your girlfriend Mindy apply to or did she just talk you into it? No, she just talked me into it. She was so excited though. Thank you, Mindy. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, man. I, I, I just didn't know what I was doing. I think I caught in the airport where we were in LA in a green room or something, they were showing Survivor Africa. And I think I saw two, show, two, you know, 30 minute or hour segments. And I went, oh, is that what it's all about? I did not watch that show. So you can see why when they threw me on that beach, I wasn't good at it in the beginning. I was awful. Mm-hmm. You did okay, Kathy. You did okay. <laughs> 
I did okay. Yeah, I had fun at the okay. end. I know. I enjoyed it. I had a ball when Mark when uh, when Aaliyah and uh, Pascal and I, you know, during the coconut cutting challenge, and finally they saw the light. I've been telling them all along, man. We are we're just getting axed. So finally, when he saw that he was going to get, because he's such a nice guy, he was going, "Oh no, let's just ride this. We're having so much fun." I said, "Pascal, we're we're not in the alliance. that's going to win." And he finally saw it at that coconut cutting challenge. And he leans over to, over to me with that wonderful Southern voice. And he goes, Kathy, Nalia, we're going to take these people down. <laughs> <laughs> I said, way to go, Pascal. Let's take them down. And we took them down. <laughs> Good Southern accent, Kathy. Yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I lived in Atlanta when I was in, let's see, fifth and sixth grade. Then I came north. Oh, boy. Kathy, I saw that you've lived everywhere. Boston, Charlotte, Washington, D.C., Atlanta. Where? I mean, you've been everywhere. What's your favorite city? Uh, I'd have to say that I enjoyed living in Washington, D.C. and San Diego. Interesting. Why? Uh, Washington. Um, you know, I was 15, I think, was I in Washington. And I would jump on a bus with my friends and we would wander through the Smithsonian mm-hmm. and the art museums. And I would walk down through the rotunda in the Capitol. And even at 15, it was just stunning to see all of what our country was made of. And I, I remember to this day, um, and it was just an enjoyable place to live and learn. Um, I think uh, all my friends were uh, from ambassadors from other countries and I just embraced it for some reason in that era and I really really enjoyed it so it's a great town and to this day I, I read the Washington Post every day mm-hmm. even from that even from that four year influence of living there it, it's a cool town I don't think it's cool now Yeah, uh, it's not cool with Trump but it was cool back then. So I enjoyed that. And then San Diego, I loved because everybody smiled and everybody was worked hard. Then they went and played volleyball on the beach and life was carefree. Mm-hmm. Kathy, can I ask you about uh, something that always stuck with me from Survivor Marquesas? Uh, that when you get to the final three challenge and you're doing the, uh, the hand on a hard idol, and you talked about how that you ended up having a, a, a conversation with your dad when you were going through that immunity challenge. Can you just describe a little bit about what that experience was like? Because I, I would have to imagine that that would be a very emotional thing to have gone through. Yeah, it was. Um, so I think what was happening on that show was I, I definitely felt that I was... Uh, I didn't have any pressures of society. I didn't have to worry about my job, my kids, my money, paying mortgage. Like I, I was released of all that. So I think what was happening to me was I was really looking at who I was. And, and I talked about this a lot when I went around and talked to various women's groups because I could talk to one of these contestants and because we bared our soul somewhat without having the pretense of what kind of car you drive or the clothes you wear, that your reflection on who you were 
personality-wise came back to you on the conversations that you have, and you learned about who you were because there was no stigmatized uh, preconceptions of people because all of that society bullshit, you know, of how much money you make is gone. It was neutralized. So when I got up onto that final challenge, I realized that I had really found who I was a bit better than who I thought I was. And I was standing there on those uneven bars and, and poles in the middle. It was, it was, uh, it was late, you know, and you know how tired you get on that show. Uh, we had been up since dawn, you know, starving since day 37. And, um, I was leaning over and I went, man, I don't think I can do this. And then I, I, I was starting to think of who could get me through this. Cause now it seems really stupid. I'm on these polls. I'm trying to win a million dollars. What am I doing here? And uh, I thought about my dad. And uh, I haven't thought, I don't think about my dad enough because it was just awful how he died. So I can cry about it now. And, and so I, it was just wonderful that my dad came to me without thinking about it. Like even now being back in the real world, I don't think about him enough. So he just came to me. And he just, you know, I was thinking about him and he was just saying, man, you just can't, you can't just drop off this thing and got to stay in it to win it. Uh, and I, I thought about my father for a long time and all the things that he did for me. And he and I worked together in a business together, right? When he was dying, like he retired and he was working with me at my company that I had a little company and uh, we bonded for the last five years of his life. So there I am in this last challenge of Survivor trying to figure out how to stay on these poles. And, and I was reliving my dad. And I was shocked that that happened. Like, where did that come from? And so that's why that whole uh, experience on that first show was unique to me. I don't know why my brain opened up and things were coming to me uh, that I hadn't thought about and, and don't think about. So it was, it was, a, great, it was a great thing. And, and, I, and I spoke about it at the Tribal Council. Because it, I was shocked by it, um, and then I fell off. And I think maybe I fell off because I was in another world when uh, Nalia told me my bra top was needing adjusting. If I was totally focused on what I was trying to accomplish there and the million dollars, it wouldn't have happened. But I was off in another world of reminiscing and thankfulness. So it was cool. I yeah. and that's why I, that's why I love the show. That did that for me. And it was more than the million bucks, even though I was mad at Vesepia for stabbing me in the back. Yeah. I got over it. I got over it. So that's what happened. Yeah. I've just, uh, that's always stuck with me. And, you know, uh, that's amazing that you got to have that experience. I mean, it's been, uh, I think now, uh, eight or nine years now uh, since uh, I, I lost my dad. And I've never had any sort of experience uh, like that. And I just think that that would be uh, really amazing to have that type yeah. of experience at some point in my life. And maybe you will. You know what it takes is, uh, you know, we're all so busy, right? We're all busy. You know, you're doing podcasts. I'm still in real estate, climbing mountains, going biking. But when you go into the wilderness, which I don't think we do enough, which is kind of what Survivor was, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, there are moments that you're not playing the game. And and we had that on Marquesa. And we didn't on All-Stars. And there were moments where you could really reflect. I don't know if that happens to the contestants now. I know it happened to Jerry a little bit on All-Stars. But 
I, I think it, it's, it's kind of a cool thing. It's like almost going on outward bound or, you know, any of these interesting poets that have walked mm-hmm. the long trail by themselves. And then all of a sudden what comes into your mind are all the things that are important and that will happen to you. Even if you took a two day camping trip, I think, and you're all alone. Um, so it's important to bring your dad back into your life. I don't do it now. And I'm glad you brought it up, Rob, because I don't do it enough. And he was just a great influence in my life. So we should do it. We should make a pact that we're going to do it more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would go on a two-day sabbatical anywhere after quarantining with uh, my family for these uh, last <laughs> yeah. few months. So there's not yeah. a lot of quiet time over here, Kathy. I bet. I know. This quarantine and and I'm, I'm lucky up here. We have the lowest COVID rates in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because we wear our masks. But per capita, we're doing a bang-up job up here, man. We don't have that much COVID. Yeah, good for you guys. Uh, a good, a good example for everybody else. Yeah, put your masks on. That's what we did up here. And if we were in the grocery store and some jaboni didn't have his mask on, I had masks in my purse. I said, "Put a mask on, man." I said, "It's going to protect you." And then put the mask on. So we were just really uh, into uh, sheltering and protecting, and and really talking to each other. Lots of good communication. So we're proud. I think there was a CNN map that came up uh, with the COVID, the, the, the states that had uh, the most decreases mm-hmm. uh, over 50%. And our little teeny state was the only one that was bright green because we've declined by over 50%. This is about two weeks ago in COVID cases. We don't have anybody in the hospitals. It's amazing. I mean, it's really amazing. That is amazing. That's great. You know what? You guys can do it. Just spread the word. Put your masks on. Wear your mask. Yep. Hey, um, Kathy, you talked about, you just said Pasepia stabbing you in the back. So I wanted to see if you can compare this because you got kind of stabbed in the back, I guess, kind of both times, once with Pasepia, maybe once with Boston Raw because you were, were trusting him. Did one of those, was it, did one of those hurt more than the other or were both of them pretty difficult? And if you played and gave somebody your word, would your bond be your word? Yeah. Or would your word be your bond? Would your word be your bond? Or would you say, hey, Vesepia didn't do it. Boston Rob didn't do it. Or would that change for you? No, I can't play that game. The only thing I would do, though, is if I came back, I would just be a little bit more lethal. Because I can be lethal, meaning I can stab people in the back. Um, So I can do it. I think I can do it with a little bit more grace. Um, But I can do it. And uh, so which one hurt more? Um, I think, I think Rob hurt more, uh, just because it, it was just so shocking that, uh, he asked us outside the game in my viewpoint, uh, when it was just this really lovely request because he was falling for her and I could feel that. So, um, it was just instinctive to help him hang out with her and never in a million years did I think about the game. And, but that's who I am. I wouldn't think like, oh, I shouldn't do that because it's a game item. <laughs> but, so I wrestled with that for a while. And uh, even though I did, though, I am going to say that I thought by doing that, he would embrace us and bring us to the end. Um, so it, it stung. Uh, I think the, Vesep- the sepia sting was just more like, come on, really? <laughs> I mean, just really? What bothered me was 
she was playing that game of riding coattails and it just drove me mad that anybody wins that way. It's not going to happen. You know, I just don't think that's the right way to win. And so it just bothered, that's what bothered me. Um, I don't care anymore, but back then I did. So did you think that the young 25 year old, um, Boston Rob would, would rise to the top to survive a royalty like he has. Did you ever imagine that during Marquesa? Oh, uh, no. No, no, never even thought about it. And let's face it, you know, he's good, but CBS likes him. So, you know, and, and so he got back on because he's, he's a character. He's fun. He's a godfather type. So uh, there are plenty of other players that played a good game. So... Uh, and I think could match him. But, you know, his personality and the whole Godfather thing, CBS likes it. It's good for ratings. And Rob's good at the game too. So, but I think there were some other players, if they were given the opportunity, would do pretty well. But maybe they weren't as flashy and funny and Godfather-like. So, <laughs> so, but that happens on TV, right? If you get on a couple times and you get more notoriety and you get confident, you do better. But he is good. Don't get me wrong. I think he's very good at the game, but there's mm-hmm. been a lot of good players. Oh, John Carroll wanted me to ask you how you felt about sea urchins. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. If I can't believe. You know, we recently you know, watched that episode again, Kathy. We've been doing a yeah. rewatch of like some classic episodes. We recently watched that third episode where Hunter gets voted out from Survivor Marquesa. It's so bad. You know what? When you look at the editing from back then, it's so slow. Mm. Uh, it's so slow. Any of the editing from our early shows. I, I, I watched the show, I think, six years ago, and I went, oh, my God, this is so boring. You know, and the whole scene of me peeing is like, God, can you speed it up a little? <laughs> so uh, The scene yeah, the scene. I think the editing. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about your oh, oh me peeing? your re- your uh, relief for John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just the <laughs> just the editing is so boring and slow. All those shows are like slow compared to now. The mm-hmm. editors have got it down. It's fun. No, I know, and it just bugs me when Probst goes, "Oh, yeah, on Survivor Marquesas, the most memorable thing is Kathy peeing on John." And I'm going, "Could we really talk about something else?" <laughs> So you don't like that, that they bring that up, that that's one of the things that people remember from the show? No. I did a lot of stuff on that show that was pretty good, I thought. Mm-hmm. Pretty brilliant, actually. <laughs> See, most survivors would be happy that anything, that they, they, they don't care what it is. As long as they're uh, being remembered or mentioned, then that's, that's fine. But, uh, Kathy, the, you have standards. Yeah, no, no, no. I think that's like, it's not embarrassing because I don't embarrass well. I mean, I don't care about being embarrassed. I mean, um, but I just think it's unusual. Like, you know, it's not the most memorable of the memorable event on Marquesa. Mm-hmm. So when Probes brings it up, I go, oh, but you know why he does it? Because it's funny. Oh, yeah. Kathy peed on a gay guy's hand. Ha, ha, ha. So and it's it's pretty gross at the same time. So uh, but other things happened on that show that were great. I can live with it. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. T-Bird, you have a quiz for Kathy? Well, um, I don't have a quiz, okay. but Kathy, as Kathy probably already knows, I talked to quite a few people that played with you from Marquesa and from All Stars. So I've got some words that they use to describe you. So I'm going to just kind of narrow it down. I talked to, let's see, Lex, Ethan, Vesepia, John, uh, Big Tom, um, 
God, who else did I talk to? Sean Rector. I talked to so many people. So I'm going to give you a couple of words, and you can you tell me who you think said this about you out of the people I just mentioned. Okay, you ready? Okay, so you're going right. to give me the word to describe them, and I have to name the. No, they name. described you. Oh, they oh, okay. Sorry. sorry, sorry, sorry. So I, I was just. Name. All right. So the first person said, "Real, trusting, loyal friendships," and they actually added. Kathy is tough and has a great laugh. All right. So I think that it was a, oh, it was guy. I was going to say Nalia. Um, I'm going to say it's Pascal or you just named the people I was supposed to name. Sorry. Yep. Come oh on, God. Get with the game. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I, I, yeah. Sorry. 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 Right. I was, I was actually, I just oh, got, you know, this classic game, Kathy. Sorry. I got, I got this text. I just got a text and I had to read it. No, I had a text. I had to read my, no, no. I just had to read this text that came in about a business transaction. That's just going down the tubes. Okay. Name me the people again. Sorry. Name them again. It was, it was, the Sepia, Ethan, Lex, John Carroll, Sean Rector, Big Tom. Okay, so okay, so, so read me the quote again. Sorry. All right, real, real, trusting, loyal friendships. Kathy is tough and has a great laugh. This person played with you on All Stars. Okay, it was Lex. Nope. It wasn't. Nope. It must must be Big Tom. Nope. <laughs> Jesus, that's Ethan. 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 That's right. Okay. All right. So the next person said you're fierce, methodical, and a competitor. Oh, uh, maybe that was a sepia. The sepia. No. All right. Next one said word association here. One million dollar bra strap. <laughs> bra strap. Um, I think that was and sea urchin and sea urchin. I'll throw that in. Oh, oh it's John Carroll. All right, partner, hardcore, and love. Wow, I guess that's Lex. That's Lex. Very good. Hey, you did pretty good on that. I gotta say. Yeah. To... All right. Yeah. Once I figured out the game, way to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna do really well. No, no. Okay, yeah. I think I drank a half a bottle of wine talking to you guys, and I read a text. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty All good. Right, that makes that's real good. Yeah. That's real. All right, good. way to go. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, Gotta go. Thank you, Kathy. All right, Kathy. Thank you so much for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. No, it was really Hi, fun. Love, love to hear your voices. It's great. Yeah. Hey, Kathy, can I close with this? Because this is really special. This person said, Kathy is the embodiment of what a real-life survivor is all about. She's a single mom raising her son, Patrick. She's determined. She's tough as nails, yet she still has a great sense of humor and has a way of being gentle. During my time with Kathy or Marquesa, I learned that Kathy is the type of person who's willing to do whatever needs to be done to get the job done. These are all characteristics that I've learned about her during our time and every time we've seen each other afterwards. 
I'm reminded as to why she is such a remarkable woman, and I'll always cherish the moments we shared privately on and off camera. That was said by Sean Rector about you. Oh, that's so nice. God, can you send me that? Yes, I will. We had we had a really interesting time out there talking about the black community and the black villages mm-hmm. and, and the white villages, and we we really got into some really interesting conversation. We actually had a couple arguments about it, um, and then he didn't know how to swim, and I remember holding him in the water to say, "Look, dude, we need to teach you how to swim," and I would hold him, you know, by his stomach, and I go, "You got it." you know, do things with your arms, now kick. And then I think I taught him for like four days in the water how to swim. And then even on one of the diving challenges to dive down and get stuff, you know, how they do that for us. You know, it's part of a challenge. We had to dive down and get some shells or whatever. And I I was cheering him on, man. He was trying. That, that made it on the show too when he was trying so hard. So Sean and I really... And then at the party, too, afterwards, we just had the greatest time. He's such a great guy. Mm-hmm. So that is just a wonderful thing that he said. If you could send that to my email, that I'll cherish that. That was lovely. I will. I'm telling you, the bonds and the friendships that we make, Kathy, isn't it just amazing the people we've met through not just yeah. the fans, but I mean, just the players and the fans because... And, and people, like I said, you played so far back, almost 18 years ago, but you're still so remembered, so cherished, and so loved. Thank you so oh, no. much for your time. Thank yeah. you, Mindy, thank you. for bringing Kathy Fabric O'Brien into our life. <laughs> yes, thank you. And, <laughs> you thank you. Guys are so and Kathy, yeah. uh, that we got to talk in 2010, 2015, 2020, 2020. and now you're good until 2025, okay? Okay, rock on, you guys. That was great. And thanks to all my fans. It's so flattering. I'm like really just flattered and uh, and shocked, actually. So thanks, you guys. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so you. much, Kathy. Okay. Thank you, Kathy. Bye, Kathy. Bye. Bye. All right, T-Bird. There you go. Kathy Fabric O'Brien. I think she had to go. Yes. Yeah. That was great. I'm worried about that, uh, that business deal great. that fell through. I know. Oh, gosh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So, well, what's more important? What's more important? She's got all these. Yeah, well, she's look. Uh, she's uh, that uh, good for her. She's been working in real estate forever, so she's got a lot going on. Uh, but well, and you know, she's perfect personality for it too. Yes, going honest and honest. That's a big thing, being honest in real estate. But you know, that builds your clientele. So I'm sure she's got quite a following with yeah. not just Survivor, but with a real estate. She's so much fun. She's always been super nice to me in person. So I always appreciate that. Uh, really, really nice treat to get to talk to Kathy Fabrick O'Brien. All right. T-Bird, what else do you have today? All right. Let me think. Let me think. Hey, okay. Do you know, tell me what you think about this. Do you know who I think Kathy's laugh sounds kind of like? Who? I love her laugh. It, it's kind of like, do you want to guess? You probably don't even know who this is. Kind of like... Do you remember Phyllis Diller? Yes. Can you can you find the Phyllis Diller laugh to put on the to put on the podcast so kind of have it? Okay. If you can, if not, if not, but her, for whatever reason, it, her laugh reminds me of Phyllis Diller, which would put a great okay. laugh she had. Let's see, I'm Phyllis Diller how- laugh. Okay, let's try this on on YouTube and see how this goes. Okay. 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 Are you are you doing it now? <laughs> Yeah, what do you think of that? She has a big laugh. Well, it's a big laugh. Well, Kathy's 
got a big laugh. It didn't sound like that, but just kind of, I guess, because I knew that uh, Phyllis Diller's was so memorable and Kathy's is definitely memorable as well. Yes. Hey, do you think the listeners, do you think the RHF listeners will actually like the kind of the what if scenarios? Like, you know, Lex had given so many scenarios yeah. about what if this had happened. People like that. And what if this had happened. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of interesting, actually. Okay, so here, I want to ask you a question. Um, actually, we didn't touch on this. Kathy is the very first player, was the very first player from Vermont, okay? Okay. There has now been, there's now been a second player who has played from Vermont. Come on, Rob, make me proud. Who is it? I've got some clues if you need them. Uh, give me a clue. All right. Oh gosh, I don't. I want to. Don't get. Want to give you too good of a clue. Um, from season thirty-two. You know what season thirty-two was? Yes, Survivor. Co- Survivor Co. Wrong. Okay. Is it Ashley Underwood? What? No. All right. This is. You'll know this one. All right. Is sorry. I'm sorry. That, that's, she's not even on season thirty-two. I, I apologize about that. Uh, she's on season well, twenty-two. Season- um, okay. let me get. Let me have another guess from season thirty-two. Uh, so Rob, 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 is season thirty-two brains, brawn, and beauty? <laughs> no, that's what I have. Oh, oh it's brains, brawn, it's brains, brawn, and beauty too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so season thirty-two, they're from brains, brawn, and beauty. All right, do you need a clue? Um, Another clue? Hey, give me a second clue. All right, beauty tribe. Um. The next clue is going to give it away. The next clue is going to give it away. Is it sure. is it Julia Sokolowski? No. Hmm. Okay. Here's the last clue. She turned 19 during filming. She was the youngest female player in the show's history. Beauty Tribe, season 32, Brains, Brian. Then who, then, then who was it? I just said Julia life. Sokolowski. Oh, was that right? Well, Hold on a minute. Who are you saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> who is it okay you want to have i think that's right but okay, what happened is i wrote down i wrote down this i wrote down the clues but i forgot to write down the name so when you said that name i'm like no that's not on my list but it's because i forgot to write okay you're right you're right you're right okay sorry about that yeah very good here here i'll give you another thing on that thank you appreciate that all right, all right. so also i was asking um i asked kathy about this so i'm gonna ask you when you play again for your third time, would your word be your bond? I mean, could you go out there, Rob, and swear on your kids' lives like some people have done? I, I, oh, I couldn't do that. But w- could you? Would you? Yeah. If it was the difference of you making it to the end. I, I've talked about this before. I, I don't like that. I, I really don't like. Uh, I, I hate that. Like, well, swear on your wife. Swear on your kids. Like, uh, it's like, uh, like uh, it's it's. Uh, I I don't like it. So could could you do it? Could I swear? If it was the, the difference if you. I, made, I would be very uncomfortable. I would be very uncomfortable to swear on my kid's life and then and then uh, be breaking that swear. Yeah, I would too. Because you know your kid's gonna be watching. It like, what, really, Dad? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so if I did I, if message? I did that, I think I would mean it. But then I feel like people would be like, "Well, then swear on your kids." Like, like I, I feel like it, it's. Uh, I just don't like that stuff. Yeah. I agree. I could. I couldn't do it either. Mm-hmm. You know. So, hey, I wonder if Kathy got a refund back. Can you believe that she had all that training for all stars in a boardroom with, you know, analyzing all the? Why do you think? Why would she get her money board? back? Because she didn't win. 
Was it like a no, m- we you, you get with the well, Garrett? It's not like she didn't get on yeah, the show. No, no, I'm wondering. Like I was, what I was gonna say is, I wonder if she would have got any kind of a refund back from from Mariano because you know he would have been on the big board too. I would think Boston Rob, and he got all the way to the end as they were friends. I bet to ask her what they talked about in the boardroom, but isn't that wasn't that interesting that she yeah. went through all that preparation and what she said about you mm-hmm. was that good? Was that right on? Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. people should trust me. I'm not a good liar. Yeah. You do the little smirk. Yeah. The little smirk thing. Yeah, because I'm because I'm because right. I'm stupid and I want to let the people at home know. Like, oh, look at this. <laughs> Check this out. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I'm very easy to read. I'm an open book. Yeah. Very expressive. I can't lie. No. Yeah, I can't lie. Yeah. Definitely. I can't. You know, people think so, I'm sneakier than I actually am. People think you're what? People think I'm actually like more treacherous than I actually am. Yeah, yeah. Um, you might be a little bit. No, I think. Um, I don't know. I don't know. All right, T Bird. This was uh, great fun today to catch up with Kathy. Are you? Do you have an iron in the fire for the next one of these? I do not, but it's like I said last time, it's, you know, I get so excited when I'm kind of, you know, into the person I'm, I'm researching and I'm learning about. And actually she's probably, I probably learned more about her and her person and her character. Cause I guess, cause I talked to so many people, you know, that, that played with her. I learned so much. She's very fascinating, but no, I don't, I've got, you know, I've got a list and I'm just trying to, I'm, and I'm trying to keep it from different seasons so we don't have any back to back seasons and trying to keep mm-hmm. it fresh and, and all that. So, no, you mix not it up. Yet. But I'm gonna, trying to mix it up, kind of trying to keep it interesting. Okay. All right. Well, you're doing a great job, T Bird. The summer has been on fire. People Thank loved you, the Frosty episode. You're doing great, T Bird. Thanks. Thank you, Rob. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. Well, of course, uh, T-Bird has been uh, bringing it all summer long. Of course, uh, all this podcasting is made possible by the patrons of Rob Has a Podcast. They support us. They uh, keep us going with all of this podcasting, so we appreciate that. We have so much going on in our patron podcast feed, our patron game nights and everything that's going on, head on over to robhasawebsite.com slash patron and see the hundreds of pieces of content available for you to jump right in or become a part of our online community, all there at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And of course, uh, T-Bird, how could people follow you? Uh, Let's see. Twitter is at T-Bird Cooper. Is that right, Rob? Uh, That that sounds right. Okay, and my Instagram, I think, is at T-Bird Cooper. Is that right? That also sounds right. That, okay. Oh, God, you know what I meant to ask Kathy about? I forgot to ask her about this, Rob. She had her paint set. was her, you know, back in the day when we could take luxury items, she took a paint set. And I was curious if she was also, if she was an artist, because she used to have a shop. Um, or something that she sold art supplies or something. But I wondered if she. All right, you'll have to text her and then let us know on the I next episode. It. Yes. Okay. okay. I don't know why that just jumped in my mind. Yes. All right. So uh, once again, uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on talking with T Bird. Take care.
Bye. Bye. If you stay here and listen, your life won't ever be the same. Cause we're talking with T-Bird now. This T-Bird. All right, you've already heard the news, but let me be the one telling you the news. Let's pretend that I'm the one giving it to you for the first time. Sports are coming back, and there's nothing you can do about it at this point. So your chance to bet on sports now with our exclusive wagering partner, betonline.ag. And joining me now is Dave Mason, who's going to be sharing some of the updates of what's coming next to Bet Online. What's happening there, Dave? Uh, lots finally. <laughs> it's oh, been an interesting goodness. few months. You know, I was, I was, I was promoting ping, Russian ping pong and marble races and all that sort of stuff. And I didn't know what the heck I was doing, but now we're back to some sports I'm somewhat familiar with. So I'm, I'm pretty happy, but getting really busy too. I hear you, man. I mean, it's a, the, the summer's been consumed. Who knew so many people would love golf? But of course, when you, when you can uh, lay down a little bit of loot on it, it makes everything a little more fun. And now, just out on the horizon. If you you don't even have to squint too hard because they're right there for you. MLB, NBA, and the puck is going to drop. I think, in particular for me, the hockey fan, I can't wait for early August to get here with uh, with ten straight days of never fewer than than four or five games. Right. So yeah, and, and you guys are ready to take action on all those. Yep, and we have the odds ready to rock. MLB comes first. Um, in, 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 we have our odds. We have great timelines in those. All the futures are up. The World Series, everything, we're ready to go. Of course, you had to tweak some rules here and there with a 60-game season. You know, we had a, no action all the season win totals and put up new season win totals. And then um, there's been a little bit of a cat-and-mouse game, very hectic. Going to slow times, even though it was slow and they're running sports, we're adjusting on the fly on stuff like that. Then the following week, the NBA starts with that eight-game regular season. We have season win. And once again, we had a no action all the season win totals because they didn't play the complete season. But we opened the eight-game season win totals for the many, the many season coming up and all the playoff odds, et cetera. Then, yep, reduced juice NHL is back after that. So, And then we get into the NFL discussion, right? Oh, now now we're really talking. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. You know, we I think back like every November, there's that one or two days when all four sports are are in um in session together, and and what is the sports equinox? Now we're gonna have a two month long sports equinox, and it's gonna be insane. So the guys the guys are rested up and they're ready to rock. So I can't wait. Move over March Madness. Here comes August Augustness. I don't know. Work on that. You can. We got let's, let, let's workshop that a little yes, bit, sir. but man, August figures to be just divine. And like you say, pro football on the other side of uh, summertime kicking off. And it, it really looks like everything's tracking in the right direction there for us to get uh, our most beloved of, of all sports. It must be tough to 
divine, I mean, tougher, obviously we got a good look at um, which teams were relevant in terms of chasing the title in the NBA. Same goes for the NHL and the lag and how that might impact the players. Notwithstanding, I assume that, um, that, that setting the lines, the futures for major league baseball here has been especially tough with a 60 game slate coming up, right? No, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're in kind of uncharted uh, grounds of territory and you know you, you're not just paying attention to injury news now you're paying attention to the COVID news too you know Zion Williamson leaves, leaves the camp now who knows what's going on there I hope everything's all right but I'm again I'm just talking from a business standpoint mm-hmm. now he's going to come back who knows how long he's going to be gone when he comes back he's going to have to quarantine is that going to is he going to miss games because of that and is that going to affect you know, with that that news came out, we started getting hit by some um, some some bets on the other side. So it, it's just you know crazy all these situations that are just so unique to all of us in the business. Um, you know, I mentioned all the no action and season win totals, and then putting up uh, amended season win totals for an eight game season for God's sakes. So it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting few months, but we're just so happy the games are back. We know there's gonna be some unique situations where you know we're gonna get hit, and uh, you know the injury reports are gonna be different than they used to be, right? Uh, yeah, it, it, we'll adapt. Betters will adapt, and and as long as the games are on TV tonight. That's all we care about. We'll yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's not being cavalier. Obviously, everybody's uh, everybody's aware of how bizarre the the 2020 year has been on so many fronts. And I wonder though if there's a, some uh, smart angle of looking at guys in Major League Baseball specifically who have a knack of coming. You know, guys who who light it up in in uh, early season. Uh, perennially guys who whose bats are right. hot in in you know April and May and then they tend to cool off in the second half if um, focusing on uh, if, if um, a, a team has a preponderance of those guys who fit that description if, if they're suddenly become a, a, a nice little sleeper play for you there that, those are uh, the kind of unique things that you can look for right. here in absolutely especially you know and, and stuff like props too you know yeah. you, season leader for home runs, uh, stuff like that. Well, you're, you know, how does, you know, you're throwing out a guy who starts slow and has a great summer. Well, that great summer, that's the start of the season. Now guys, you know, we all have those guys who, who don't hit well during the cold months. And then when the summer heat, man, they, they're, they're, they're lightning in a bottle. So you're going to have to adjust odds accordingly. Okay. That, that player's going to be meat and potatoes for two or two and a half months. And uh, right and go from there so absolutely there's all sorts of angles and our guys are trying to keep up with them we have some very sharp betters here at bet online and they're all over it too well believe me i'm looking at uh the nfl futures as we speak and uh uh given more time i would go over all 32 with you give you my uh, my uh, bets on all of those but let's save that for another day you know we don't have to cover it all right now dave let's uh, let's kick it down the road before things kick off and review all of those and uh, and maybe we can uh, offer up some that dave damashek's best bets and then the listener the savvy listener will promptly go against all of those and win a lot of money um with 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 bet online ag but in the meantime thanks for the for the time dave absolutely thanks for having me all right much obliged again to dave mason uh be sure you visit betonline.ag and don't forget that promo code podcast one for your sign up bonus bet online your online sports book experts